So he asked for a little freestyle flow and I'm like, green light, go. You know, when I step into my power though, I get into this flow and I get into a flow zone with the ozone flowing through my bloodstream. And then I scream, ah, it's my purpose. I'm worth it. I deserve it. I'm berserk kid. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? How's everyone doing? My day is amazing. I just got back from a 100-mile ride. Totally stoked and amped. Pretty lit right now. But anyways, we're going to be jumping right into the show very, very quickly. If you're new to the show, my name is Pablo Quiroga. I'm your host, and this is Devotion Freeze, presented by Field Talk. It's the show where we explore the story behind Legends in the Making and discover actionable knowledge we can all leverage in our daily life. So performance sports, nutrition, meditation, innovation, creativity, heart intelligence, the evolution of technology, and the discovery of flow state are just a few of the topics we love, love, love to explore at Devotion Freeze. Today we're going to drop into flow with Jordan Bowditch. Jordan holds the truth in motion powered by flow. Jordan is a student of social disruption with firm roots in nutrition, fitness, and magnetism. Jordan is a lifestyle design coach who launches people into a journey unforeseen. This is about holding space, balance, challenging the uncomfortable, and setting free guys. So today we're going to learn about Jordan and the mystic misfits. So without further ado, let's drop into Jordan's devotion. Thank you so much for being on Fuel Talk, man. I really, really appreciate it. You know, we we connected in a insane environment of um, Expo West conference, and you know, there's tons of people around, but we had a really candid conversation, really fast but impactful, and um, it was really heavily weighted. So that really uh, resonated with me. So I needed to follow up with you. I followed up with you. You responded, and we and here we are, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had like kind of forgotten about our conversation as like amazing as it was and then when you popped back in i was like oh shit nice i'm stoked you followed up because i felt like a, a very like quick connection with you as well so i'm excited to explore that here yeah 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 so um you know after after expo west and um you know wanting to follow up with you i uh you know we briefly talked about oaa and bulletproof and uh, mystic myth uh, misfits uh so i started doing some research and I would love, love, love to tell, um, or I guess if you could, you know, give me some deep insight as to how my, Mystic Myth, uh, Misfits um, has, you know, erupted into what it is today. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's funny that like, it seems to be a bit of a tongue twister for some people when they're first saying it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like no, mental. It's, it's extremely common. Yeah. So um, the Mystic Misfits are comprised of myself, my older brother, Ryan, and my best friend, Kevin, who actually you might have seen in the background here just a minute ago. And so we live, again, in Encinitas at our home that we affectionately call Mystic Manor. Uh, we host like uh, live-in immersion experiences here where somebody comes for a few days. We essentially put them through like a 
social magnetism, personal development boot camp of sorts, um, like a highly customized type of retreat. And that's really where we cut our teeth was in the retreat world. Uh, and the retreats are really focused around the core concepts of radical honesty, raw, authentic communication, elevated connection, um, languology workshops, and coupled with uh, a lot of like in the body type of exercises like bioenergetics, um, active meditations, and the concept of polarity and that kind of stuff. And so we really like to balance between some of the more heady stuff, you know, again, the communication and that authentic relating, and then the more heart stuff. So jumping between the brain and the body and really integrating the nervous system. Whereas I find sometimes experiences that I'm a part of are a little bit too much of one or the other and aren't well balanced, uh, where I can sometimes be at a, a place where I'll be talked to a lot or talked at rather at a conference and a lot of processing and a lot of talking, which can be great. There's an amazing place for that kind of psychotherapy, so to speak. But I think that maybe in modern society, there's a, a bit of lack in the body psychotherapy department. Uh, that's where like the bioenergetics comes into play. And so, yeah, that's what really our, our movement is kind of all about. And then as far as like how we came to be, man, how much time you got? <laughs> we got, we got plenty of time, man. Yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> many iterations, many experimentations. Um, but really, it started with the three of us in Santa Cruz. So we were spending a season of life in Northern California in this rad beach community um, called Santa Cruz, which is about an hour and a half south of San Francisco. And uh, my older brother was finishing up college there at UC Santa Cruz. Uh, he was in the military and the Air Force, so he had gotten a little bit of like a later start in college. And then Kevin was actually working on campus at the college. And I was post-college. I had just started about a year earlier working for Bulletproof, which is how you and I connected. I was representing them at Expo West. Um, Bulletproof is a, a lifestyle brand, nutrition company, best known for Bulletproof coffee. That's like the signature iconic uh, beverage the company is known for. All about like the state of high performance, really high quality supplements and lifestyle. And so, yeah, we're really starting to come into our own as entrepreneurs and as creatives and finding our voice. And collectively, we found that the three of us, that trifecta, we are all so unique. And what we created together was extremely powerful. Um, and we started getting that feedback as we were just being attendees of various personal development experiences. We definitely would call ourselves personal development junkies of sorts. Uh, we've been to all the events, the conferences, the retreats, done the workshops, the coaching programs, um, all that kind of stuff. And really, we found that we were picking the best parts of all these experiences, the things we felt were most impactful, like the lead dominoes, and sprinkling them into the experiences that we eventually started facilitating, which kind of brings us to today. And again, many iterations. We've been doing um, hosting events for about two years now. And uh yeah, we actually have one tonight, which is called uh, the Polarity Salon, which has become like a weekly thing we do here at our home in Encinitas, where we really look at masculine and feminine energies and that spectrum, uh, that polarity. So the different poles, you know, opposites attracting, so to speak, or uh, magnets repelling. So strong attraction, strong repulsion, um, and looking at that, that spectrum of masculine, feminine energy and the way of living that can be very polarizing where you're so radically authentically being yourself that you strongly bring in the things that you most desire and equally as strongly on the counterbalance of that 
get rid of the things quickly that you don't want. And it can be a bit of like a, a fun, comfortable way to live. Um, but man, I have found that for me it is the most fulfilling. So that's really what we're all about is embracing that fun comfortability through these various practices to become a more like elevated individual and have a more fulfilling um, experience in this human meat suit. <laughs> yes, yes. The the human skin uniform. Yep, huh? yep, yep. So Jordan, I mean, you, you, you lay down so many truths and so many amazing uh, channels to to go down the rabbit holes. Um, and, and we're going to unpack all of that. I want to go through all of those tunnels. Um, but I want to get a little personal with you, if you don't mind sharing. Yes, what please. are you in search of? Ooh, what a good question. The question that I heard you not ask <laughs> was, what is your purpose? Um, that's That's a big piece of... Uh, our brand and my personal brand is like helping people identify and cultivate their purpose and then do that dynamic dance as it unfolds and shifts and uh, transmutates and all that kind of <sighs> I am in search of purpose and what that purpose looks like for me at this stage of my life is really inspiring higher truths through comedy. Um, that's kind of like my personal, what I believe to be my unique temperaments, talents, and convictions. Uh, this I can see, I can up. see that coming out in your YouTube videos, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that. And yeah. Uh, it's something that I've just somewhat recently really started to become um, intentional about. Whereas in the past, it's just been kind of my personality, and it's just naturally shined through. And now I've become like, okay, I want to share this gift in a big way and be a bit more. Uh, sincere with my mission because i'm all about being sincere not necessarily serious um that's my boy osho right there by the way osho talks about being oh sincere. man we're going to talk about osho in a second um, i look forward to that <laughs> um so yeah i think in a statement for me personally it is to inspire those higher truths through the vessel of comedy and humor sure so and and, and i know purpose is um is extremely important but I think uh, I'm going to take the approach of going underneath purpose. Okay. And that is um, why is that purpose that you're in right now? Why is that so important to you? Uh, it's important to me. This is funny. I feel like we're, we're doing the seven layers of why. I don't know activity. <laughs> no, I haven't. This, this is great. Um, for me, it's like uh, I believe that I was uniquely created and I have a divine um alignment that I, I'm kind of like a, a responsibility, so to speak, um, to whatever created me, all the names for the nameless, um, to live out my unique mission and, and leverage my passion and my unique gifts, um, not to be, you know, like confused with skills. There's like a subtle but like very profound difference between um, gifts and skills or talents and skills. Skills are things that are cultivated um, but you aren't necessarily born with them. You can like cultivate talents to be more skilled in those. But for me, I believe that there people are born with certain innate talents. And for me to honor those, um, it it requires me to be very intentional about again that inspiring the higher truths through comedy. So really, it comes back to God or whatever name you want to give to that um, all-encompassing one source, infinite uh, being. Amazing. <laughs> So I love how you you um, you breathe outside of your body, 
And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes I love asking people like, who, who, who do you think you are? Right. Uh -huh. And, um, and everyone has a different answer to that, which I love the way. And, and I guess why I'm asking that is because, you know, and we, we just mentioned about the human skin being the uniform, right. Living in this body. That's not really who we are. Yeah. Right. Because it's in the voice. So mm -hmm. who, who is that voice? Who is speaking? Right. If you really want to go to a granule cellular level, who is that voice that is speaking? Because you saw me, I don't know if you remember, you know, how I look, but I have a, I have a, I have a beard, um, dark skinned, uh, black hair, six, two. Um, I speak Spanish I'm from Peru, um, wear tight jeans, you know, uh -huh. black t-shirts, but that's not Pablo. Sure. You know? Who is Pablo? Who is this voice? Who is this thing? What is this thing that is speaking? Right. Yeah. And I think, um, that's out in the universe and it's somehow transmitted through this body that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and whatever that means, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, it's hard to describe, but I can sure as hell feel it. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, you know, we're in a big phase of feeling. Everyone wants to feel. We're, we're surrounded by tons of information, data, quantified, qualitative data, biohacking, you know, um, human performance, all this amazing stuff bombarded with a lot of data. And it's sometimes hard to analyze and um, you know, eat this data and, and make something of it. So I think it's funny because in one of the questions that I asked in the questionnaire, you know, I was like, Hey, do you think uh, technology hinders your, um, you know, meditation experience? And, um, you know, meditation is all is, is really about feeling, right? You, you have to feel, you have to be in there. You got to be here now. Um, so, okay. That, that was me going a little bit off, but um, I do want to, I want to check in with something that's super current and it's only because it's been on the Netflix radar radar. And I know a lot of people have been on Netflix and they've seen this like long haired bearded guy, you know, and they're, and they're, you know, they're like, Oh, that's Osho. You know, they've seen the big American branded Osho um, who has a different name, which I still till this day cannot uh, properly um pronounce it but that's okay um so we'll just call him osho uh, -huh. uh how did you discover osho oh man so yeah the the documentary you're talking about is wild wild country and i just finished it here a couple nights ago and did you binge it what's that did you binge i mean so i have not watched a show in literally years it's, it has <laughs> has to have been at least like five years i don't have a right. Netflix account i literally got a free 14 day old trip 14 day trial Netflix account to watch sure. this. Um, so, and I, I, every night I watched at least one, sometimes two episodes. Cause I was just so enraptured in all of this. Cause you know, I, I know the basic story. I knew the basic story of what happened in Oregon, but I didn't know the full thing. And I yeah. am very much a student and maybe you would even say disciple of sorts charged word there, but uh, I, I own that. I really admire and recognize the amazing gifts and teachings that Osho has brought to the world that continue to give. And so I first was, I first encountered Osho in a gift that was given to me. I was given a, a book that was a gift for my birthday, like probably three years ago, maybe. And I, I forget the name of which book it even was. It's in my room, but uh, 
I started reading some of it. I was like, I don't understand any of this shit. Like, what is this? You know? And so like, I would try and pick it up. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what this is. And so I didn't really have much context. And I just, I wasn't ready, so to speak, you know, and there's certain, maybe you can resonate with this, but like, sometimes somebody will recommend a book and I start reading it. And I'm like, nah, I don't get it. And then two years later, um, it's like, whoa, this is really impacting me. Like a classic book for me was The Power of Now on Eckhart Tolle. Somebody yeah. told me about that book, you know, and I'd already was very much in this world of personal development and I got about halfway through. And I was like, okay, this is enough for me. Like, this is, I get why people are very enamored by this, but this just isn't really serving me right now at this point in my life. So anyways, all that to say, that's how I first encountered Osho. And then um, a mentor of mine and of ours, the Mystic Misfits, Elliot Hulse, which are you familiar with Elliot Hulse by any chance? The name sounds familiar, but no, tell me. So he was one of like the early kind of major YouTube influencers. And he got his name really around um, being a strongman competitor. And he has like a, a couple of gyms called Strength Camp. Um, but really he became most popular for being like kind of an intense, inspirational, motivational speaker on YouTube. He would just go on these like awesome riffs around like really intense ways to like shake up your world and transform your life. It was like, feel it felt very masculine. So he attracted very much like a masculine crowd. Um, and so him living in that extreme masculine for so long, the counterbalance came into his life with some of these like Osho active meditations and really tapping into some of the more what might be classified as female energies, the emotions, the sensations, the body, the less logical, rational, the more like intuitive, um, sensing into situations type of stuff. And so my older brother was a huge fan of Elliot Hulse for like the past decade. And as this shift started to happen, actually one of the retreats that we were co-facilitating, Elliot was one of the um, influencers there. And so we got to meet him and became aligned with him. And through that journey, we went to one of his new endeavors called Grounding Camp. Um, and we went into this not really knowing what to expect. And it was a clinic on Osho active meditations in particular, but really um, the general umbrella of bioenergetics. And so that's how we first became like acquainted with his teachings. And then from there, you know, that was about a year and a half or so ago. Uh, we've just gone all in. We've gone to every single grounding camp uh, that Elliot has offered, some of the more intensive ones. We're actually going next week to Florida to train with him um, and his mentor, Chrisana, who is a, a direct, um, she worked like directly with Osho back in the heyday. Sure. And so we're doing like a, a tantric energetics um, week long kind of intense uh, training. So that yeah, yeah, yeah. to today. Right on, right on. Yeah. yeah you know, I think I, I also like through a friend, I found um, here and now, you know, have, uh -huh. have you, have you seen that book? Have you? Dived? I have not read that book. No. Okay. I'm going to send, I'll send, I'll send one your way, man. I'm going to send cool. one your way. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, and then from there I somehow, Oh no, no, no. It started before that. It was, um, what was it? Oh yeah. The, the hit, the, the secret. But it was like a, a DVD version of right, yeah. and then what the and it was great at the time. And then um, what really stuck out to me was um, the Japanese guy who wrote um, the Hidden Messages in Water. Yes, I'm familiar with. So it. okay, okay, dude, that's another one you got to look up, bro. That's amazing. So Hidden Messages in Water really got me to tune into, you know, realizing that um, 
everything around us affects us because of vibrations and energy. We're made up of water and, um, you know, that it, it's totally vibrates with everything around us. So then, you know, it led me to the, um, the 112, um, you know, tantric meditations through Osho. Yep. But when I first opened up that book, that huge book, which, you know, the font size is like, like a, like a Bible, you know, but it's thick and it's huge. I read the first paragraph and tears just started coming out of my eyes. Yeah. And it was from deep, deep, deep inside of me. I was so happy that these things that I was reading, these ideas and these thoughts and these truths, you know, were written in a book. And it was something that I have felt since I was a kid, but I didn't know how to, it, it was a puzzle. And it wasn't all put together. It was all so abstract and I, I, I couldn't make sense of it, you know, and, I, and I've had so many distractions that it wasn't, you know, it, it just wasn't resonating. I couldn't make sense of it. When I first read that paragraph, man, and it talked about the breath and finding the moment in between the, in between the breathing in and out, if you can find that moment, right, that's mm -hmm. the, that's the moment and that moment is forever changing. So you know, when I started doing those and then, yeah, so those practices, those breathing practices have led me into um, utilizing them as techniques to yeah. perform better in my athletic life. So in yeah. cycling, I use breathing patterns and breathing practices all the time, all the time. Um, and with a lot of other personal things, you know, like being stressed out, um, how to, you know, be um, reactive to stress instead of just proactive to it, you know, yeah. um, being able to kind of make yourself a punching bag, you know, and, and, and just soak it in and recycle that negative energy and, and, and go with the flow. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyways, back to this documentary, I wanted to talk a little bit about it with someone on air because yeah. I don't know how you felt about it, but when I, I didn't know anything about this history of Osho, right? Uh, and to me, I was very, it was, it was confusing. And I was very emotional, different emotion about it. Cause I was like, you know, okay. You know, I've, I read, oh, you know, Zorba, the Buddha, um, the, 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 the breathing meditations, you know, courage, like all these different books on Osho. Mm -hmm. And it all talked about destroying the ego. You know, a lot of it has to be based on destroying the ego. Yeah. And I'm looking at this story I'm understanding the story and it's like all these people who are leading even Ocho himself allowed ego to take place in the forefront of their lives. Right. Yeah. So that hit me and I was like, what the, what the hell, man? You know, yeah. I was like, shit. But then I, I go back to it a few days later, you know, and I expressed this to my wife and then to another friend and, you know, I, I let it just soak in, soak in and soak in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what, man? I don't give it. I don't care if the, if these people who published these messages and these thoughts have made a lot of money out of it, and you know have created this you know community around it. Like that's great, but at the end of the day, what's the truth and what really matters yeah. to the universe and to all of us? Mm -hmm. And that's that those words are are real and they're truth, and no one can touch that. Yeah. Even the yeah. maker, even the maker who get, who yeah. cares if the maker fucked up too, you yeah. know, it's the truth that lives on uh -huh. right in those words. And then that's what made me like, just be, you know, understand it. 
completely understand i don't know how did you feel because it kind of pissed me off i don't know how did you what what was your take on it i had a very similar experience um i was very captivated in general just because i felt like it was a very well produced documentary overall um my kind of issue with it was because i have this glamorized opinion you know he's had such a impact on my life and its trajectory and so many things and then this documentary doesn't actually talk about Osho and his teachings like at all right right and so I'm like holy shit like the picture that's being painted isn't even including like the foundation of this whole thing of like why it's just talking about the what and the how and maybe you can attest to this too but like the why is the most important thing the purpose behind all of it the what and the how are just kind of like the details right so but however from that perspective of the facts and like it being laid out in seemingly an unbiased way i was like very impressed by that and like satisfied by that um and so but at the same time yeah like the inner uh, dissonance of like well man i thought essentially this dude was perfect right, right yeah yeah he was perfect <laughs> and it's like well no he's not perfect because nobody's perfect we're perfectly imperfect exactly. right and similar to you i really just came back to and the end of it the final like episode um and just like the climax how it all like rounded out it like kind of was a beautiful release and i still felt like you know what like you said truth is truth these his teachings have had such an amazing impact on my life and they're going to continue to and we're all flawed and that's okay and the other piece to this that i wanted to provide a little bit of context for because i don't know if you talked about this a whole lot on this podcast but like his active meditations in particular um, his words, beautiful. Like he's kind of known for Tantra, which for people that don't know really what Tantra is about, oftentimes they go oh, like sex, right? And it's, it, no, it's a massive umbrella of like. It's breath, right? And, it's breath. Yeah. And like unconditional love and like sex is under that umbrella, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, these active meditations, they, have, they are having such a profound impact on my life because I found that traditional seated meditation for me can be very difficult. It's a practice and resistance (laughs) most often. Right. And it has its place and that also can be effective. But I think that the reason why Osho developed these active meditations was for modern man. that's so like inundated by distractions, by technology, by this like unnatural world that I find myself in, like this screen I'm talking into this house that I'm standing in with all of these amazing beautiful tools but they're all man-made it's like a a major disconnection from nature oftentimes right and taxes and emails and social media all these distractions it can be tough to like meditate and release those thoughts and to just like drop into the body and so these active meditations which (laughs) make no mistake are extremely physical and extremely taxing and like you said really intense you know (laughs) in and out of the nose, breathing and charging up the body and getting into the body so intensely that like the mind has no place. Like the mind cannot be a monkey that it often is because you're so tapped into the body and the sensations. And from that place of those practices, I found such amazing peace and clarity and almost like, like background processing instead of like me trying to force things it, it allows my subconscious to just like naturally process things without me having to like be so manic about it sometimes. Um, and so that for me, all that riff to say, man, no matter what I were to ever find out about Osho personally, 
um, through this documentary or any other sources, Homeboy had some things very, very right that I think society and the world has immense benefit and value to pull from. Right on, man. Right on. I love it. Talk to me right now. How, um, how are you impacting your world, man? Oh, how am I impacting my world? You know, I kind of a little bit to the stuff that I was talking about earlier, but like, you know, our, our retreats and our in-person experiences, I found that that's where I feel most excited and most useful. Um, and walk, like walk me through, say, walk me through one of your retreats. Talk to me about that. I'd love to hear yeah, about it. Yeah. So, um, I like to use the phrase that we create safe spaces to not play it safe. So it's like a, a sacred container to experiment with anything and everything that you feel like you couldn't get away with in the, the quote real world. And so it's, it's an experiment in radical authenticity um, and language to be able to effectively communicate in a way that's owning my personal experience instead of being a victim to you or to anyone else or to blaming my life's circumstances on external sources. And so what that looks like is, you know, things like using I statements. So maybe you can attest to this or you, you have felt this before where I'll say something like, you know, when you're just feeling down and you feel like really depressed and nothing can make you feel better and you're just feeling anxiety and all these kind of things. Well, no, no, no. I reject that. That's how you feel. So like I, we encourage you to own your own experience. So to like flip that and provide the context is like, I've, I've been feeling a bit like these sensations in my body and this like tightness in my chest that I would, I would maybe label as like anxiety or maybe it's excitement because those sensations are oftentimes very similar. So maybe I'm feeling like excited about this white spaces on the horizon. Um, I am no longer working for the company I worked for. Uh, I was let go. And so there's like an uncertainty and a fear of the unknown. Uh, but I think I'm excited about that. So it's like, the idea is like changing the story to sensations in your body and owning my personal experience um, instead of projecting it onto the rest of the world. So that's like one piece of things that we do is we like have various workshops and exercise designed to get you to really own your experience um, and to like communicate more effectively in a way that, because really, I think that's probably the most beautiful gift we have as a society is communication, community and unity through communication. It's amazing. And it's oftentimes been taken for granted and not utilized um, for good in a sense. And so that's one piece. And again, that's more of like the, the relation um, communication type of stuff. And then the almost antithesis, so to speak, is fully the body stuff, like out of the brain into the body, out of the head into the heart. And that's where the active meditations come into play. Um, the Wim Hof style of like breathing and stuff like that and charging up the body, super oxygenating the cells um, and those kinds of things. And so typically what a retreat will look like that we host is jumping between those two energies and literally like balancing back to back. So whereas one exercise, we might have a circle and everybody goes in and shares the one thing that they don't want everyone to know about them, the thing that they're most ashamed of, embarrassed about, that they think if people were to know that about them, especially the people in this setting, they judge them and not want to be friends with them or any number of things, right? So getting outside of my comfort zone and having that experience and really like talking and communicating. And then the very next thing would be, okay, now we're going to charge up by doing like a, an Osho active meditation, whether that's 
um, like a kundalini meditation if it's at night and really more of like a juicy, like shaking kind of one and, and dancing and expression with eyes closed and really having like a personal experience instead of like all the external things going on. And so that's what a typical like retreat in person type of experience would look like with the mystic misfits. And yeah. I need to go, I need to be present. Dude, would love to have you brother. I mean, we have um, typically every like two to three months and they're, they're all over the place. Um, the next one we have is in Santa Cruz, which is like a homecoming of sorts, which is very cool. One of our close friends. Are you, are you familiar with JP series by any chance? He's like the long haired, ultra spiritual redhead guy. Um, yeah. He's getting married up in Santa Cruz. His fiance is from there. So we're making like a trip out of it. We're going to be up in that area where we, again, we all kind of like created the mystic misfits. And nice. I just, I just purchased a, a school bus, which I call the magic uh -huh. school bus. Uh -huh. I'm looking at it right now. So that's going to be like kind of our, <laughs> our vessel over the next several months as the oh mystic misfits tour the country. <laughs> beautiful, man. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh -huh. Are you familiar with uh, Ido Portal? I am. Yeah. Not like super familiar, but obviously I know him as like a, a functional movement expert. Yeah. 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 Is that, is that something you, you align with and uh, you guys uh, are exploring? Absolutely. So my older brother, Ryan, I would say that that's probably most his domain out of the three of us. Um, but it's definitely something that we are all very big proponents of and students of, so to speak. And then we have like people in our tribe um, they are really like experts in that realm. They kind of like will guide us through certain things. And oftentimes we'll bring on our retreats somebody who is like a, an expert of sorts in that domain. And they'll like share their gifts. Like a, a buddy of ours, uh, Rod Cooper, he owns a, a, a movement called Movement Collective uh, in Australia. And he was at one of the last retreats that we co-hosted. And he did some various like embody type of movement workshops. Right on, right on, man. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper and, and talk a little bit about um, further, the, the further Jordan and yeah. uh, deep, deep Jordan, you know? Get deep, baby. Yeah. So talk to me about your character traits, man. And throughout this journey, what have been some of the, of your findings that, um, you know, you're, you're tuning in with that you didn't realize existed in the past? so and and how and how did you how did you tune into it you know like how, how was that experience yeah so a couple key like character traits that are first popping up is um well the, the first one is being a peacekeeper instead of a peacemaker and so there's a subtlety there that's extremely important though so i always really admired my dad because I would classify him as a peacekeeper. And he actually used that exact phrase. And I, and I think that this concept is outlined in the Bible, in the Christian Bible. And I have some family like influences, including my dad, who are very like committed evangelist type of Christians. And so he would always pride himself in being a peacekeeper. And I was like so uh, inspired by how he like, nothing seemed to ever phase him. He always just like had this unshakable uh, joy. He was like truly joy filled, no matter what would happen, no matter like who would cross him in whatever way, just always oh, a happy dude. And as I got older and got to like came into myself a bit more, I realized that I had embodied that same quality. And in the past, I've prided myself in saying that I have more best friends than anybody I know. Um, I think that I'm very likable. 
And I, and I think that comes from this concept of being a peacekeeper. Um, I'm really like, I, I'm social and I like, I'm kind of a diplomat of sorts within the Mystic Misfits. That's kind of a bit like of my role and how I fit into the mix. <laughs> okay. um, my title is actually like uh, founder and chief infotainment officer. It's like <laughs> infotainment, edutaining type of thing. And however, the shadow side to that is I will, I have in the past allowed myself to be kind of like uh, taken advantage of, or I've, I've made people thieves of my gifts, of my time. And I, I own that, right? Because that, that's my experience. Like, I, I'm not going to blame that on anybody else but myself. And so a peacemaker as opposed to a peacekeeper, making the peace sometimes involves conflict. It involves breaking some fucking bones. And it's, it's fun, comfortable. It's like it's not rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes it's a shitstorm, you know? And so for me, my practice has been really stepping into my power of being a peacemaker and not allowing like insidious passive resentment type of things to build up within me because I, I chose to be a peacekeeper and essentially be a, a martyr of sorts um, for fear of stepping on somebody's toes or hurting somebody's feelings or not being liked or being judged by someone. And so that's the first like major character trait and thing that I've been working through uh, in my life. And then Another one that comes up is this concept of manic action versus inspired action. And so I've been known, again, I'm kind of known within the squad of the Mystic Misfits as the doer, the person that's like, they're like, and oftentimes, sometimes in the past, a manic doer, where it's like, if I'm not doing something, if I'm not cleaning the house or doing laundry or dishes or some shit i'm like i'm not being useful and so i'll just manically do anything that i can find to do and so my practice is really instead of doing the things that are urgent or manic doing the things that are important and inspired and so with that comes like intentionality clarity um and coupled with that is really being in tune with my my heart you know instead of just my head because the head if i run the head i'll be i'll stay in that manic space oftentimes monkey brain as I, yeah as i cultivate like awareness and mindfulness and tune in with my intuition and my heart i can i can recognize resistance for what it is and recognize those manic tendencies for not serving my highest purpose and then actually do the thing that's important instead of the endless list of things that are urgent and so yeah those are the two like major themes in my life i would say so it sounds like you practice a lot uh, practice a lot of different components that make up your emotional iq Definitely. right yeah um so in 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 that journey and in that practice of yours it, it sounds like empathy is is really high on your list and i think Absolutely. that's kind of like the platform that you um embrace being a peacemaker or a peacekeeper yeah. Yeah. um what are some of your other emotional iqs that you're aware of and that you're we're finding and fine-tuning yeah so and i think i maybe even mentioned this in the questionnaire now that i'm remembering but like i think that something that's really unique to me and really it, it, ties in nicely with all these things I was talking about is I'm very adaptive. Uh, I would call myself like a chameleon of sorts. And what that means to me is I'm very perceptive. I've like cultivated perceptiveness and awareness, especially in social settings. 
um, where I know how to like tap into the energy and what's going on. And I think that that is a byproduct of having many different influences throughout my life. You know, my brother and I, we were born in Orange County and like a somewhat of a cookie cutter setting. You know, our, our grandparents lived a half a block down the street and were pastors of a non-denominational charismatic church where people are getting slain in the spirit, speaking in tongues, holy laughter, like <laughs> very flamboyant, like our aunts doing interpretive dance during sure. worship and stuff, like very kind of uh, expressive like that. Mm-hmm. And then parents got divorced at a very young age. And when I was like three, my brother was like six or seven. We then went to um oh my camera turned off i think that's okay though there we go we then moved to ohio to a very small town or relatively small certainly by most people's standards um yeah in the midwest in ohio where it was in many ways the exact opposite like uh kind of roughish by by most people's standards um lower middle class and we were on the lower end of that relatively poor and parents not being around you know our mom single mom and she worked a lot and just frankly, kind of partied a lot when we were young. And so our house was known as the house that like any of the kids could go to and like do whatever we wanted and kind of like party and, and get into shenanigans and wreak havoc. And then at the same time, though, I often I spent a lot of time at my friends, like parents houses and stayed with a lot of people. And then um, in high school, I moved back to Orange County, moved in with my grandparents uh, and my mom and then bounced around between different aunts and uncles and stayed with friends, parents for a little while. So it was all like a beautiful experience. Um, certainly that's you know, traumatic in a sense at some points, but overall, I think it like shaped me into being this very adaptive um, chameleon type of person. Okay. Okay. So in 2018, what are you uh, most grateful for right now? Yeah. Oh, I am most grateful for, I just fell in love, man. Um, <laughs> full on in love and, you know I'll, I'll quickly share the story with you just yeah yeah it's worth mentioning um i was at a retreat that we were co-hosting uh in maui at the beginning of this year ah and where in maui man so it was at a oh lumeri lumeria was the name of the retreat center wow um, okay yeah my my wife it? my wife and i hold maui deep in our hearts man that's where we got engaged we got married there no way everything maui, man maui is powerful Oh, dude. Okay. Quick side note, tangent here. So after the retreat was over, we were having dinner at like a, just a rad local restaurant and we were having a conversation. My brother brought up a Ram Dass quote, right? Yeah. Uh, I imagine you're familiar with Ram Dass. And so yeah, that's, that's here and now. Exactly. That's, here. And, yeah. Oh, I was thinking be here now. And you said here and now. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyways, yes. Yeah. So he, he gets brought up in conversation 10, 15 minutes later this massive awareness happens at our table where holy shit Ram Dass is sitting 10 feet from what? dinner with his family. <laughs> Dude, oh, talk about man. like synchronicity to the highest wow. degree. Yeah, it was wild. So my brother went and like, you know, exchanged a couple words with him. Sure. Super profound, obviously. So anyways, tangent. Well, I'm, I'm sure you guys were exchanging energies the entire night without knowing, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. I get chills just like thinking about it. That was wild. And so anyways, back to the love story, I had experienced love with somebody and then had some, had had a a really intense heartbreak in front of everybody at this retreat because she was one of the like facilitators. And essentially I got rejected, right? I had 
um, been afraid to commit to this woman who I was feeling myself falling in love with. And she fell in love with somebody else. And it was like a really intense and it. And literally in front of everybody, this was unfolding at this like 60 person retreat. And so I was heartbroken, but heart open. And that's like the phrase I use to describe this experience. I had heartbroken to heart open. And I was so like raw and just ready, willing, and able for just, just vulnerable. And at that perfect time, I encountered this woman online through Facebook, friends of friends. And she has a whole brand uh, called the Violet Butterfly, where she talks about like sex, love and relationships, and alternative lifestyle. And, you know, it started out where I just had seen her online and, oh, a hot tatted chick that's talking about sex. Yeah, I'll be friends with you, you know, like quite yeah. frankly, that's kind of the way <laughs> it went down initially. Um, but then when I was in this vulnerable state, literally on a flight home from this experience, it pops up on my phone that this girl, Alexa Martinez, is going live. And I never watch people's Facebook lives. Like, it's kind of ironic. I, I do Facebook lives all the time. And I kind of expect people to watch mine. But I don't, I don't choose to, to spend my time that way, right? But for whatever reason, this popped up on my phone. I never even have, like, the internet on my phone. But for whatever reason, I did. And I never get notifications like that. And it's very random when I do. So all these synchronicities at play. And I click on it and start watching it. And this woman is so eloquently describing how she had just experienced like a really intense uh, heartbreak and had closed a chapter on a relationship she, that she had been in. But as she's doing it, she's so cool, calm, and collected. Like tears streaming down her face, but she's not sobbing. She's still like in her power. And I was freaking mesmerized by how she was like showing up. And so not knowing her at all, literally, like I had liked a couple of her posts over the past several months, but I was just feeling so inspired. And so I took immediate inspired action and sent her uh, a, vo a voice message on Facebook describing how I was feeling. And long story short, over the next two months, it was just like very radically authentic with how I was feeling. And within a couple of weeks, I told her I loved her and I went and visited her in New Orleans. I like went back there here like last week. She just stayed with me for a month. We were in Costa Rica together and went to a music festival there. So it's that's what I'm most grateful for and excited about right now is like being fully in love and so clear about it. So all in, um, not falling into past patterns of like being afraid of commitment or any of that kind of stuff. Just like embracing this experience. Pura vida, man. Pura vida, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah, it's spectacular when when humans get to uh, live in love and, and really just uh, soak their entire being and everything that encompasses oneself inside of love. You can encapsul encapsulate that like your bus that you bought. Uh, there's going to be lots of love in there, I'm sure. Um, so, so, you know, it, I've heard you say and mention um, power a few times now. And what do you mean by being in your power? And um, how does one find out what that power is? That is a loaded question, man. <laughs> it, it's a it's a constant practice, right? It's like yeah. I don't think you you ever just get it. It's just like putting in the reps, baby. Keep swinging that bag. You'll miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And uh, so what what that means to me is. Kind of back to the other themes I was talking about, specifically the peacekeeper versus peacemaker. It's standing in truth. I would say that that's power and truth, I would say, are like synonyms in this context for me. And so it's unapologetically and boldly um, expressing what I think and feel 
um, and not being afraid of the, the reaction or the consequences, because I know in my heart, because I've done the work, because I continually do the work to like tap into my highest truth and my purpose, that even if it's unpopular or fun, comfortable in that moment, I know that the kind of aggregate net direction, so to speak, is going to be positive, even with those temporary lows. And so, yeah, power means truth to me. Yeah, I want to give you some time, but why don't you uh, drop into a little uh, freestyle flow here? Oh. Um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about um, your your future, your feelings, um, power. Just yeah. rip it. So he asked for a little freestyle flow, and I'm like, green light, go. You know, when I step into my power, though, I get into this flow and I get into a flow zone with the ozone flowing through my bloodstream. And then I scream, ah, it's my purpose. I'm worth it. I deserve it. I'm berserk, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. All love, dude. All love, my man. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I mean, that practice that you just, I like, thank you. I got my heart beating, man. And like a past version of myself, like, feeling that's what might be called fight or flight, I would like run sometimes like, Ooh, that's like scary. Like my heart's beating. That's, uh, that's not a good thing. It's like, no, I follow that heartbeat nowadays. And that practice of like flowing of freestyling of just like spoken word, it doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to be like, you know, have rhythm necessarily, but it's like just freestyling. It's like consistent improv. And that's how I've one of the many practices that has helped me like tap into that, that primal intuition and instinct that I've been talking about. So thank you for that opportunity to do a live. Yo, man, you're a beacon of light for a path that's unseen and it's amazing to see it in real time, you know? So, um, uh, why don't you give us, I don't know, give some shout outs, man, to some people that have surrounded your life that have, you know, uplifted you, that, that have uh, even shot you down, whatever it is, you know, um, here's your time to kind of just give a shout out. Oh man, this is great. So, uh, man, my dad, as much as I like talked about him being a, like maybe somewhat of a negative influence, he has been the most positive influence on my life. Like just a, a, an amazing example of love. My older brother, my best friend, my business partner, my roommate, um, the fact that like we get to share this life's path together and our purpose is so aligned and like we're, fighting the good fight together. I'm like so inspired by him and freaking love him. Uh, my best friend, Kevin, like the fact that the three of us, the Mystic Misfits get to do this stuff together and like the brotherhood that we experience is so special. I don't take that lightly. And then outside of that, man, there's so many amazing influences like <clears throat> Bulletproof, that working for that company opened up so many opportunities and doors for me. And like the culture that Dave Asprey created and just like his mission and like, all that has been so impactful. I can't imagine my life without that having happened. Um, Elliot Hulse, like I mentioned him before, like I, he's like my main mentor of sorts, I would say right now. Um, Lewis Howes is another one, the School of Greatness. Like I actually know him personally. He grew up in Ohio and like I really look to him for inspiration as well. Um, JP Sears, I mentioned him again, a close friend and like his, his style and like how he uses satire and comedy to like, poke fun at societal norms and things that are maybe like like current events that are a bit like faux pas like i'm so inspired by that and then my neighbor daniel eisenman um that bus that i just told you about i bought from him and he's been an amazing mentor i'm looking at him right now actually and he's polar plunging in his freaking freezer that he has out on his neck 
And yeah, and he's like, he wrote a book called Breaking Normal. That's like his brand. And he was the one that introduced me to these retreat spaces that we all started like facilitating and collaborating. So like without him, again, like I don't know where I am or where the Mystic Misfits are. So thank you for the opportunity to like give these shout outs. This feels good. <laughs> amazing, brother. Amazing. Um, of course, man. Well, everyone. Oh, where can people get at you online in the digital space and then, you know, reach out in the physical world? Yeah. So for me personally, I'm on all the social media channels. I'm definitely most active on Facebook. So just Jordan Bowditch. I, I think it's Jordan Maurice Bowditch there. And then same thing on Instagram, Jordan Bowditch. And, and I actually just uh, relaunched my personal website, jordanbowditch.com, which has a little bit of a snapshot of all the different things I do, including like lifestyle design coaching. Um, and then the Mystic Misfits. So mysticmisfit.com, uh, that umbrella and like the things that we do, that's like, that has a lot of energy behind it. I think is like the most fun and a really great place to start for people. And I really like to think of us as like the bridge um, connecting like the esoteric and the generic. And whereas like some of the people I grew up with in Ohio might not be able to connect with some of this like really hippy dippy, uh, radically authentic type of language. It's a bit hard to understand. Um, I think that's where the mystic misfits come into play. We can speak to both worlds and bring them together and like bridge the tribes. So yeah, those are all the various places, my man. Yo, beautiful, man. Thank you so much for being on Field Talk. Dude, thank you for having me. We're going to be catching up. All right, brother. All right, Pablo. Peace, brother. Much love and light to everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Devotion Freeze. Jordan is the bridge between the esoteric and the generic, inspiring higher truths through humor and radical authenticity. And that's directly from the heart. Please head over to his website. The link is going to be tied into all of our digital pages. What can we as endurance sport enthusiasts take away from Jordan's interaction with life? I think we can start with how Jordan loves to eat spontaneous and uncomfortable moments for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Totally something we can relate to, right? I mean, sometimes runners, cyclists, surfers, triathletes, rowers, etc. We all start diving and getting into the zone and we love facing the uncomfortable elements that arise from a demanding training session, for instance. It's uncomfortable and sometimes spontaneous, but we love to do it and we do it and we do it and we do it until we, I don't know, until we have to go back home, right? Additionally, I think Jordan's emotional IQ is through the charts and certainly something all humans should strive toward is definitely elevating our emotional intuition and empathy. No, it's not about, you know, making us weaker. In fact, the intrinsic power we create by opening up ourselves to our surrounding environment is like hydrogen fusion, you know? Even more advanced than hydrogen fusion because hydrogen fusion isn't, isn't even a, re, a full reality yet. But what I'm getting at is infinite power. So stay tuned, guys, because Jordan and the Mystic Misfits will be traveling the U.S., this summer so if you guys are in, around if you're going to be you know joining this uh magical school bus that they're putting together uh reach out to them i'm sure they would love 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 to have you present so thanks again guys for tuning in get at me on instagram snapchat if you have it at pablo i Kiroga. 
Stay tuned to our digital space at fueltalk.co and explore the extra fuel from all of our different podcasts that we have going on. We have This Dirt Life, we have Devotion Freeze, and our one of our newest podcasts is Sanam's uh, Rainbow Bridge. So definitely go and check it out. Crush your ego, devote your life to your inner passions, light up your inner guru lab, and get lit. Peace.